Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. Giving the benefit of the doubt. It's easy to believe the worst about others, but we don't know people's hearts. What does the Bible advise about giving the benefit of the doubt? By Mike Bennett. We can't really know what people are thinking. We can't read their motivations or intentions. But we often feel the need to try and figure those things out from the clues we see and hear. We feel we need to know how to protect ourselves if someone is out to get us or wants to take advantage of us. For many of us, it is easy to assume the worst in others. And perhaps it seems we aren't often wrong. Most people don't have our best interests at heart. They and we are usually focused on our own best interests. And believing the best about others can make you seem naive, unrealistic, what some might disparagingly call a Pollyanna. Is assuming the worst always the best approach? What does the Bible say about assuming the worst versus giving the benefit of the doubt? What are the results of each of these choices? Let's consider some examples. The book of Job is one of the most challenging books in the Bible, with deep and thought-provoking lessons. But it also has a story and lessons that jump out at you. For example, consider the big gap between how God describes Job and how his three friends describe him. God says Job is a blameless and upright man, but his three friends pile up chapter after chapter of accusations against Job. They figured Job must have done terrible things, but he was just hiding them. Here are some of the things Eliphaz attributed to Job. Is not your wickedness great and your iniquity without end? You have not given the weary water to drink, and you have withheld bread from the hungry. You have sent widows away empty, and the strength of the fatherless was crushed. Therefore snares are all around you, and sudden fear troubles you. Job 22, verses 5, 7, and 9 through 10. He had no evidence to support his assumptions. These things were not true, and Job was hurt and felt he had to defend himself. Probably everyone can agree that Job's three friends were miserable comforters. But I'm sure the three friends thought they were just being realistic about human weaknesses and cause and effect. They thought they were defending God. Job's friends weren't the only ones to jump to conclusions, of course. The high priest Eli assumed the grief-stricken Hannah was drunk. Actually, she was silently mouthing a heartfelt prayer to God in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 12-16. Balaam assumed his normally docile donkey was becoming disobedient, and he struck her angrily. Actually, she was protecting him because God allowed her to see the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword in Numbers chapter 22, verses 22 through 33. The donkey had to talk before Balaam gave her the benefit of the doubt. After conquering the land of Canaan, the twelve tribes of Israel almost descended into civil war. The eastern tribes built an altar by the Jordan River, and the western tribes assumed it was for idolatry. Actually, the eastern tribes explained they built it as a witness that the Lord is our God. Joshua 22, verses 10 through 34. Why do we tend to believe the worst in others? We might say, like Job's three friends, that it is very often true. Humans are weak and sinful, and it's not logical or wise to ignore that. God warns that the human heart is deceitful and tells us not to put our trust in man, but in him. See Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 9. If you believe the best about someone, you are very likely to be burned and disappointed. And you may be considered an easy mark or a gullible person. So what's the balance? What can we learn from the examples and principles in the Bible? One thing we learn from the Bible and from experience, human relations are not simple. Consider the different judgments two men of God made about a young man who had traveled with them, but who had left them in the middle of a trip. When the time came for the next journey, Barnabas wanted to give John Mark another chance, but Paul strongly believed it wasn't wise. So these two pillars of the church went their separate ways in Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 40. The Bible doesn't say who was right, but in the end, Mark did become the author of a gospel and useful to Paul as well, 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. 
I'm sure Mark was grateful for the encouragement and benefit of the doubt Barnabas gave him. Human relations are complex, so I don't want to pretend that there's always a simple answer. But let's look at some passages that I think will show that giving the benefit of the doubt is generally better than always quickly believing the worst about others. Proverbs warns us, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and a shame to him. Proverbs 18, verse 13. The same chapter points out the danger of only hearing one side of an issue, verse 17. James also gives advice that can help us avoid sudden emotional judgments. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, James 1, verse 19. And we must realize our limitations. We don't know other people's thoughts and motivations. God does, but we don't. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 39, King Solomon acknowledged in prayer to God, You alone know the hearts of all men. The fact that we can't read people's minds and hearts is part of the reason Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Judge is from the Greek krino. According to Thayer's Greek lexicon, here it means to pronounce judgment and is used of those who judge severely, unfairly, finding fault with this or that in others. Jesus went on to encourage us not to hypocritically point out others' flaws while overlooking our own, verses 3 through 5. And he told us, Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, verse 12. We like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. We don't like to be judged harshly or misjudged, so there's a case to be made for giving others the benefit of the doubt and even believing the best about them. God tells us to focus on the positive. The Apostle Paul was certainly a realist, but he gave uplifting advice about where we should focus our minds. He wrote in Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Notice that the list starts with whatever is true. We aren't to be so desperate to believe the best that we ignore the truth, but the focus is surely on the positive. Even though people are imperfect and will often let us down, how does Paul tell us to respond to them? Consider the beautiful but very challenging instructions in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Believing the worst in others makes all of this much harder. How hard is it to bear with and forgive someone if you assume he or she did something to you on purpose? If you somehow find proof that he or she really was out to get you, you can deal with that then. But why not choose the easier route and instead start with the assumption that the other person just made a mistake or did something without thinking? Jesus said, Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Luke 6, verse 37. He also said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Matthew 5, verse 7. Not being condemned and receiving mercy are wonderful benefits. Other benefits can include growing more like God in kindness, patience, forgiveness, and love. And people just respond better to positive expectations than to suspicion and negativity. We won't be like Job's miserable comforters, assuming the worst and misjudging people. Considering all these factors, I hope you'll agree that giving the benefit of the doubt is worth the benefit of a try. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.